And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like the MarTech Podcast, hosted by Benjamin Shapiro. Each week, the MarTech Podcast tells the stories of world-class marketers who use technology to create lasting success with their businesses and careers. If any of these topics sound interesting to you, I want you to go check out the MarTech podcast, how science is changing advertising, how to set up a CRM so you actually use it, private equity's take on digital transformation, why big social is focused on newsletters. If these are topics that resonate with you, go listen to the MarTech podcast wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to hubspot.com slash podcast network and listen to it there. Today, you are going to hear me on the Jod Pod, hosted by James O'Donnell. We're speaking about sales and marketing and bridging the gap between sales and marketing. Again, this is me on the Jod Pod, hosted by James O'Donnell. Who is Scott D. Clary? Had you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? I'm wondering if you can remember how you got your first customer. Welcome to the Jod Pod, a micro podcast where we interview CEOs, entrepreneurs, founders, authors, and coaches. Today, we are lucky to be joined by Scott D. Clary, host of the Success Story podcast. Scott, great to have you with us today. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm very excited for this. Awesome. Uh, so, for those of us who don't know who you are, Scott, who is Scott? D. Clary. Who is Scott? So if you uh, look at my resume, um, I've worked in sales and marketing for most of my career. I've worked for large Fortune 500 companies. I've worked for much, much smaller companies. Um, I've done some consulting over my career, worked for my own consulting company. Um, most recently, uh, I actually, as of just about a month and a half ago, I was working and leading sales and marketing for a startup focused on SaaS solutions for broadcast. Um, we exited, and now my nine to five is uh, basically acting as a director uh, in the company Grass Valley for a small little innovation unit, uh, bringing SaaS products to market for broadcast customers. So that's my that's sort of like my professional career. And then, of course, the side hustles, um, the side hustles that have uh, sort of grown into a little bit more than just side hustles. I host my own podcast, so Success Story Podcast, where, again, interviewing and unpacking the playbooks of incredible people, um, very much a business focused, but also just uh, trying to find people that have things to teach in terms of professional or personal growth, 
um, and really dive into their stories and understand their highs, lows, wins, losses, um, and learn from people. I, you know, the reason I started the podcast was to learn from people that I thought I would like to learn from as well. And then I also write a newsletter once a week, um, speaking again, very similar topics, sales, marketing topics, entrepreneurship, startup, all the fun stuff that I like to, you know, that I sort of like to immerse myself in. So that's, that's me. That's me as a, that's me as a professional. That's me as a side hustler. And that's me. <laughs> that's sort of the 360 of what I'm working on right now. Man, you're, you're a busy guy. Uh, and I appreciate, I appreciate the time that you've, you've come to jump on the podcast with us, but I, I'm fascinated because I, I saw the work that you were doing with the podcast and the newsletter. But as you say, these are side hustles and these are pretty mm -hmm. impressive side hustles. Have you ever gone full time as an entrepreneur, uh, like between jobs or anything yeah. like that at all? Yeah. Um, so uh, through my career, I was first sales, sales leadership. Mm -hmm. And then after sales, leadership, sales and marketing leadership for a variety of companies, then left and did full time consulting. I uh, was a partner with two other individuals. I was working with a lot of startups out of the University of Toronto in Canada. Um, think about, I was working with startups at the Creative Destruction Lab startup um, incubator, similar to like a Canadian Y Combinator. So I was doing that full time for about two years. Um, it was a lot of work. Consulting was a lot of work. Acting as a fractional CXO was a ton of work. Uh, and then I decided to go back into working for somebody, but still had a very, uh, an like an inclination for building my own things, mm -hmm. which is just about the time when I started the podcast, started writing a newsletter, focused on building my own brand. Because the first time into entrepreneurship, it, it was traditional consulting, outsourced consulting work. Um, now it's building my own brand, building my own name, uh, you know, my own uh, quote unquote sphere of uh, influence, uh, so to speak, just trying to like, uh, you know, get myself out there so that I can do whatever I want with that audience. I can start my own thing. I can, of course, grow the podcast. I have an awesome group. So the pod, you know, to give you numbers, you said the side hustle is, is not so much a side hustle. Newsletter has about 30,000 subscribers. Podcast has about 20,000 downloads per episode now. So it's not just, uh, it's not just a side hustle, but that's, been entirely because I focused on building my own brand while still, you know, doing the things that I like to do, which is build businesses, grow businesses, strategize on how to sell products, market products. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do in my side hustle, it's, it's very much in line with what I did in my, in my career and what I'm still doing in my career, which I think is what has allowed me to, to do it effectively. And also in terms of the content that I put out in a newsletter and the conversations I have in the podcast. I think that it allows me to have more intelligent conversations and useful conversations or produce more useful content because I'm living and breathing it every mm -hmm. single day. And I know that won't be the case. Uh, you know, God willing, the podcast, you know, is something that will completely replace any sort of need for nine to five income, whatever that looks like. But uh, still living it now has allowed me to really kick it off in a good way and to really have really smart conversations with really incredible people about sales, marketing, entrepreneurship, that, that kind of thing. So that's, yeah. I, I think that's one of the things about podcasts, and it's certainly one of the reasons why I've started the job pod, is that it, it kind of increases your luck surface area, doesn't it? Like, as you say, you mm, get to yeah. meet new people, your network improves, the, uh, the way that other people look at you, ch you know, changes because you're running mm -hmm. something out of your own brand. Um, and that augmented by having a, a, you know, already a pretty senior role. Uh, you know, is a great way to, to, to look at things. Uh, had you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Like even before you started always. work? Yeah. yeah. 
always, always, always. I don't come. I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I come from a family um, of law enforcement, actually. So the career, the career objective was either policing or uh, law, like to become a lawyer. Um, I started off in tech sales in university, made more money than any of my friends could in tech sales, and just thought, listen, I want to work in private. And then as I kept, you know, sort of progressing in my career in private, you know, dealing with larger markets, getting more responsibility, um, I thought, well, what's the next step after working for private? I can either go CXO in, in a large company or I can try and build my own thing. And I've always really, really enjoyed the idea. Probably, probably, you know, to be quite honest, at first it was a little bit naive. It was, you know, if, if, if somebody else can do it, I can do it. It was a little bit of like young naivete in, in me thinking that I wanted to start building my own thing, which is actually what parlayed into me being in consulting early on and trying to build my own consulting company. But uh, at the same time, it just forced that naivety that, that prompted me to go into that and to start doing my own thing, uh, first of all, taught me a whole bunch. And obviously, you know, I'm not still working in a consulting capacity. So obviously it wasn't successful by the, by the definition of, you know, build that consulting firm and now you have that and you, you just take that full time. Um, but it's, it, it taught me a lot and it allowed me to understand that I still wanted to build my own thing, but to do it in a smart way that was more sustainable for for myself, for, you know, even like my mental health, um, for the hours invested, which has led to building the podcast, building my own brand, which is something that I can take with me anywhere for the rest of my life, building, you know, writing a newsletter, building that tribe or that audience as a side hustle, which is now sort of turned into more than a, a side hustle. But um, yeah, I've ever since I ever since I started working in tech, I always knew that I wanted to build something myself. I just didn't always know what it was. But I think that that's a common theme amongst uh, people that are entrepreneurial. They just like building. It doesn't matter what. They just try to build something. You, you, you're doing it yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's a common thing as well for people in sales, actually, to make a move out of being in sales. Or, mm. or you know, anything like when you're dealing with customers directly and providing a service. Is actually mm-hmm. to think about how could I build something like this for myself? Because, as you say, you had that naivety where everyone thinks, "Oh, I could do this better, better for myself." And it's not always as easy as just stepping mm-hmm. out and and throwing up throwing up a website. What, one of the things that I'm trying to encourage people to do on the job pod and people that are listening in is to to step out of their comfort zone and and kind of make that step. Maybe that aren't in sales, that aren't in that kind of customer facing role, but actually to to build something and create something for themselves. Mm-hmm. And often the first obstacle which I'm sure you'll appreciate, is actually getting your first customer. I'm wondering if you can remember how you got your first customer. Sure. So the first, uh, so the first customer that, so it was myself and two other individuals in a consulting, in a consulting firm. Yeah. And I guess it's a little bit of a cop-out because they had a previous relation with one of the investors in Creative Destruction Labs. That, that, um, that counts though, like, because you, you relationships yeah. don't just happen you're still what you still no, they to don't work on them and- so yes they did have a previous relationship so that got us our foot in the door and then we had to prove out that we could do remarkable work and what that looked like was um working with the most innovative startups at creative destruction labs and helping them create marketing messaging uh and pitch videos for investors and that was that was what we focused on. We focused on drawing out the stories from founders 
and helping them tell stories that resonated with uh, their potential target audience, with potential investors, because a lot of these founders were not sales or marketing individuals. They were they were just pure developer founders or technical founders or even product founders. But it was it was about you know parlaying my experience and and you know everybody in in the consulting company's experience in positioning, in branding, in messaging, and taking that and applying it to very highly technical products and individuals and helping them tell their and speak their message to the world. So that's that that value add, the, the intersection of a technical product and a technical founder and our marketing knowledge and our positioning knowledge and our branding knowledge, that's what won us the first customer. And we won, when we won the first customer, it was also the next 30. So it was, you know, do a, do a demo, you know, so how the process worked for a lot of these customers. And we didn't just work with customers out of CDL, out of Creative, Creative Destruction Labs, um, but that was a majority of what we did, and it was probably the most fun part of what we did just because they were such interesting companies. We're talking like AI, machine learning, blockchain, um, health tech, space tech, like everything you could think of that's innovative. Uh, that's what these companies were. And um, it was basically interview founders, draw out their story, find a way to position it. And we did that once very well, had, a, had some great talent that was working with us that could create a story through video. Um, and that's the first piece that we ever created for a lot of these founders, these pitch videos that they use to go to investors. And after we did one and we did it well, then that's how we got all the other, all the other Creative Destruction Labs, top 30, I think it was top 30 if I'm not mistaken, uh, innovative startups that went through the program. They all worked with us to create these messaging and branding videos for their, eventually their customers, but first for uh, potential investors. And then that was our top of funnel that we used to eventually do more work with them uh, because we ended, we used that initial, uh, that initial video and that initial sort of marketing uh, piece to parlay into more, more work. It could have, it could be anything after that point. Thanks. It could have been implementing a sales strategy, marketing strategy, whatever, but that was a, that was our, you know, our, our foot in the door. That's awesome, and and if you get into a hub like that, as you say, if you mm -hmm. if you win one, you can then yeah. very quickly uh, get get out and about. And there's so many more. But hubs you have now. to do good work. But you have to do good work, or you don't get in. That's the thing. So it was good, it, you know, like what closed the first deal, working our ass off for free at the time and doing really good work. That's what got the first deal. That's what let. That's a part. Of, that's what you know took that that relationship with one of the investors in this hub, mm -hmm. and then turned it into something that was actually revenue generating. Awesome. That that's that's so useful for anybody listening in, thinking about how how to actually make that leap and and to get over that first hump about getting your first customer. That's that's awesome. Thanks thanks for that, Scott. So your podcast who who's yep. the, who's gonna, who's the main person that should be listening into to that? What's the the kind of stories and the the kind of learnings that your your ideal listener might might get out of it? Sure. So the podcast is a mix of how I built this plus Tim Ferriss. So I like that is the way that I describe it because it is a business focus and it breaks down the stories of entrepreneurs, but it also breaks down the stories of highly successful individuals. So I have people, you know, I'm going to drop names, Guy Kawasaki, uh, Anthony Scaramucci, um, Grant Cardone, love him or hate him. These people are all, are all very successful. So we walk through their story and tell the, tell the story of how they got to where they are and the highs and lows and the lessons they've learned along the way. So for a CXO or an entrepreneur or a founder, 
when they come on, of course, they're going to tell their story and how they got into entrepreneurship, just similar to like what the questions you just asked me. But there's other people that have perhaps less traditional career paths that are just still very successful individuals. There's a lot of things you can learn out from them. So about 20 minutes of the podcast is a breaking down a story and walking through the highs and lows of somebody's, of somebody's career. And then about 20 minutes to 30 minutes is speaking through a strategy or a topic that they're really entrenched in right now in their career. And that's, so if, for example, if it's a founder of a company, we're going to speak about the nuances of the industry or the problem that the company is solving um, at a level of detail from a professional in that field that normally you wouldn't be able to have access to. And we try and have candid conversations about these particular topics. So it's, it's a little bit of a mix of both, right? It's, it's that, it's that casual conversation that, understanding about that person from a Tim Ferriss perspective, but I, the, how I built this is also, you know, how did you build your career or your life? And that's what I, that's what I try and tee up ahead of time. Hmm. So it's not, you know, I, I'm sure there's other shows that are like it, but I try and get really interesting guests. I try and really ask questions that I don't try and ask scripted questions that just give easy answers. I try and ask questions that I would want to ask the person if I was trying to understand more about what they do and the, you know, the ideal listener, um, it is somebody, I describe it as an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, somebody who is trying to build their own thing or somebody who is entrepreneur, somebody within an organization that is just highly motivated to learn how to do things better, learn how to move up, learn how to grow. Maybe they don't want to quit their job, but they want to learn how to start a side hustle and make that successful. Well, the lessons that we teach are still going to, unless they bring out from people, are still going to be able to give you that advice or that, you know, that expertise that can help you start something while still working for a company. It's like, it's about growth-minded and it's for growth-minded people, for yeah. people that just want to figure out how to do more. It just aren't complacent. That's the, the ideal listener. And, and the way that it sounds like you, you tee it up is that, you know, you, you get the story so that you get a bit of an introduction to the person and then you're drilling down on more uh, kind of applicable steps and, things that people mm -hmm. can actually apply in their in their in their internal roles or their ex or their you know entrepreneurial uh, endeavors uh, you know on on the job pod the way it's supposed to be set up is it's it's an introduction and a breadcrumb for people to find out more about you and then they can follow up with you direct so i think this sounds like a great kind of next step uh to for, for anybody listening to this is to you know check out what scott's putting out there and some of those interviews sound fantastic how do you get guy kawasaki so I'm, I'm a sales, I'm a sales guy at the end of the day. I just, I just cold email people. I cold email people and I, and I understand, I understand how to get people to open emails. I understand how to get people to read emails and to respond. Um, and that's how I've gotten most of the guests if, at the beginning now, because it has some traffic, um, a lot more people reach out. Sure. So that's a little bit easier, but at the beginning it was just learning how to sell and, or knowing how to sell rather. And, and, Selling the show, sell, selling the benefits, selling the reason why somebody like uh, Guy Kawasaki would want to come on. And you just have to understand what, other pe what matters to other people and why your podcast or your show or your whatever could benefit them in any way. Yeah. And if you, can, if you can paint that picture for the guest, then it makes sense for them to come on. And for Guy Kawasaki in particular, it was because he was launching a podcast at the same time. So he wanted to... Same, same reason why you see a lot of podcast hosts get people that are launching books. You mentioned this before. It's because they need that exposure and you have an audience. Mm. So it's, it's, it ends up being a win-win, especially for big notable names. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Awesome. Scott, that's fantastic. Now, you, you, you mentioned earlier that some podcasts ask easy questions. 
Uh, are you ready for some quick fire questions of your own, of, from me? That let's, might, uh, yeah, that let's might do be, it. That might be easy, but that's the style of the show. Like, that's what I'm trying to go for. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so what's your uh, favorite app or SaaS product that you uh, use? Yeah, this was a... Uh... So I, I had to put some thought into this one. I, I liked it. I liked this question a lot and I wanted to go a different direction from probably what a lot of people uh, go. I use an app um, and it's not, it's not going to solve, you know, it's not going to solve all your problems, but this is an app for video creation called Vemly. So V E M E dot L Y. It is the most useful app I've ever found for quick video uh, automatic captions and um, those Gary V style social clips. And you, I can create a video on that from you know a minute to two minute segment in five to ten minutes of editing. And the reason why I recommend this app, there's a lot of apps out there that are very useful, but I am a believer that the future is in the future of of a company's success lies in their ability to be a media company, to build out con to create content, to to build out followings and audiences. And I also think whether or not a company's doing that or an individual trying to build their own brand or their own audience, they need the tools to be able to do it quickly. Because a lot of people, a lot of creators, they run into these problems where they don't know how to create stuff quickly, efficiently. If you're starting a side hustle, how do you do that if you have to spend two hours editing a social clip? So I'm a nerd and I find every piece of tech out there. I'm on Product Hunt, I'm on AppSumo every single day, but this is by far the quickest and most efficient app at creating quick social posts and clips that I've found. So I think that's a very useful tool for any anyone who wants to create more content, which in my opinion should be everybody. Man, that's awesome. Look, my day job is interviewing entrepreneurs and turn, turning it into content for them. You know, I've, I use Final Cut Pro and I, you know, do all the professional editing on the on the back end. Uh, but, mm -hmm. but I'm a big, big advocate of people doing their own stuff. Like if people can actually do it, like pick up their iPhone and record a you know, 30 second clip and then actually throw some subtitles on it and get it branded and get it out there. You know, I'd much prefer people to do that. And if anyone's listening to that, I, I have not used Emily. I've not come across it before. I will Checking. be, I will be checking it out. Don't, don't, you, <laughs> don't you worry about that. Uh, Scott, that's a great recommendation. Thank you. Uh, what's your uh, most recommended book? Sure. Um, so obviously you can see behind me, there's a lot of books. Um, the one that, the one that I always recommend people read that I really, I really enjoyed, um, is called play bigger. Uh, it's written by four authors. Um, they're, I can't remember their names to save my life, but it's four authors. They're, uh, they're like, uh, um, basically a consulting firm based out of, uh, Silicon Valley. And they speak about the strategies that, uh, Salesforce, um, Ikea, uh, Amazon, all these big names that we know used to create industries that didn't exist yet. So I just thought it was an interesting, like it was a really interesting book because a lot of books teach you how to take products to market in existing industries. Um, this one teaches you how to create a new industry that has never existed before and then dominate that industry or category is another way that you'll hear it described. So I thought that was a really fun book and it was a good read and it speaks through um, uh, it speaks through, uh, uh, well, the, the CEO of, of, uh, Salesforce, Mark Benioff, how he basically launched me like incredible media campaigns to change people from, to change people's minds from having on-prem servers to creating the concept of the cloud mm -hmm. and why people had to move 
to the cloud. And I just thought that was an incredibly impressive thing. And it takes a certain kind of individual to even think to be able to do that. So I just thought the whole concept and the, and sort of like the inspiration you get from that book is to, to play bigger, to try and, to try and create something that hasn't existed before. And you look at other, you know, marketing books like, uh, the immutable Mars, the the immutable laws of marketing. Excuse me. Um, it always says you don't just want to marginally improve. You want to you want to do different. You want to do something significantly different enough that it that it has that people notice it. And I feel that that's on on a small level we can do that with any product that we put out into the market. Um, including a podcast or a newsletter, or whatever, try and do it a little bit differently. But don't worry about creating something that has never been created before. I think that's the main takeaway from the book that I, I, I really enjoyed it. And it's one of the first books I, I read when I was first getting into entrepreneurship and it really inspired me. So, Man, that's awesome. I've, I, again, I've not heard of that particular book, but it's making me think of um, Blue Ocean Strategy. Um, yeah, it's exactly it, yeah. And Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Yeah. And, yeah. and then also what Naval's been talking about, um, on the internet for the last couple of years about that kind of niche of one and how you got your own yeah. unique unique skill. And I think there's going to be a lot more solopreneurs coming through. But, you know, dreaming bigger, playing bigger, that sounds like a fantastic book. I'll definitely check yeah. check that out. Who's your favorite podcaster or YouTuber? So it's, uh, it's the guy that I referenced before. So I like Tim Ferriss a lot. I like Tim Ferriss because he paved the way for the type of shows that I'm doing now, in my opinion. You know, you have your you have your other podcasters. You have John Lee Dumas, who has Entrepreneur on Fire. He does a, a short show every single day. You have Joe Rogan, who does like the, you know, the two, three hour uh, marathon podcast, but the topics are all over the place. You even, you know, you look at even like, um, like the OG of the of the podcasting world, like Howard Stern, also like you know just casual conversations. But I, I found that Tim Ferriss is probably the first one to do long form, business focused conversations, really smart conversations with people, and that's what that's what I'm trying to do with mine. So, and I try and keep doing the long form content because I feel that if you really build a tribe of people that love you, love your content, they'll listen. So that's sort of what that's what I try and model mine after. But again, I try and do it with more of a startup or business focus because I know Tim Ferriss also has a you know a wide variety of guests as well, and he goes into you know like uh, psychedelics and all this all this other kind of stuff. He's, but, he has um, some cra- he has some crazy niches that he that he's getting into yeah. uh, definitely. But he's good like, and he's he's yeah, so he's good. Very he's, good. He's terrifyingly good, and I I I've got so much yeah. respect for you to you know, to kind of model yourself after him. I think one of the things that Tim, Tim has done is that he shares an awful lot of his processes, yeah. you know, in, 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 on, his, on his blog. And he basically says, yeah. you know, 85% of people are trying, going to try and copy me and won't get anywhere near, you know, his diligency. Like he's, he's scary how diligent he is with the, the way he I does. I respect, and I respect that incredibly. If, got, I if wanted you, can, to, oh, if you can model that, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, I just, one thing that he, that he, you know, I, I've read a, a lot of his content and one thing that he constantly, constantly puts out into the world is that if you, he doesn't monetize most of his content, he doesn't sell courses, he doesn't, he sells, yeah, he sells books, but now his newsletter, his podcast, all of the stuff he puts out into the world is free mm-hmm. and it's valuable. It's like, it's incredibly valuable. These are conversations with world renowned 
leaders, business people. So I, I subscribe to that. I subscribe to the fact that if you continuously put out great content and you serve the world, you everything will come back and every and that will that will end up, you know, like whatever you want to call it, karma, whatever. Um, you serve the world and it will it will always it will always benefit you in the long run. And I that's why, you know, we spoke before about you know, what's, what's ROI overload? And I was saying, well, it was a brand that I had. And right now it's mostly just a newsletter. And I was thinking about, you know, starting some sort of educational portal for entrepreneurs. And I haven't launched it yet, mostly because I'm not comfortable charging for subpar content. So everything that I'm focused on right now is, is free, is, is the podcast, is the newsletter, is the stuff that I throw up on YouTube. And for now, I'm happy with that. And for now, it's funny. That's what's actually benefiting me the most. The stuff that I put out into the world, it's free. And that you, you hear that from Tim Ferriss. You hear that from uh, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk a lot speaks about that as well, putting free stuff into the world, just putting everything out into the world. And I, I, think that that's, I, think that's, I think that's what you have to do. I think that you just have to be yourself, be authentic, be comfortable in your own skin, and put yourself out into the world. You'll find your tribe, and if you can make a living that way, it's a blessing. So that's something that I sort of picked up from him as well. Yeah. Scott, and I think you are living that, you know, from talking to you, the, the, the energy that's coming from you and the, you know, the, the authenticity. Uh, looking forward to see how you take that. Um, yeah, if, if anybody listening to this hasn't listened to Tim Ferriss, go, like, stop listening to this podcast immediately. <laughs> yeah. go, go and see what Tim Ferriss is all about and then come back and you'll, you'll understand what we're, what we're talking about. Um, who's a uh, up-and-comer? Who's someone that you think we should be keeping an eye on, like uh, Huffington, Bezos, or mm -hmm. Musk? So I had to I had to do some research for this question. I was I wanted to give a good answer and I didn't want to. So my first answer was well, a lot of the a lot of the entrepreneurs that I was working with at, at University of Toronto, they're all incredible individuals. But I really wanted to find somebody that is has really actually achieved. The people that I worked with are probably in the process of achieving. Um, so somebody that you should go check out and look into. His name is Austin Russell. He's the found. He's twenty five years old. Uh, he's arguably the youngest billionaire in the world. And when I went down this rabbit hole, the work that he's doing is actually quite interesting. He's working um, on self-driving cars and he's the CEO of a company called Luminar. Um, a couple data points. He dropped out of college in 2012 after receiving $100,000 from the Thiel Fellowship, obviously funded by Peter Thiel. Um, and his company is listed on NASDAQ. And according to Forbes, he was the world's youngest self-made billionaire at the age of 25. Um, so he's just doing incredible stuff. And the, the fact that he's working on such a bleeding edge uh, piece of technology, I think that he has a, a really interesting future. And if you were going to speak about somebody to go follow and follow their career path, he's 25 years old. He's building self-driving cars, youngest you know, self-made billionaire. Like that's somebody that you want to just, uh, you know, follow and, and see what they accomplish in their life. It's very impressive. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for doing some extra research uh, on that. Like, I'm, I've not come across Austin before, so you've done some research for me, which has educated me, and that sounds incredible. I cannot wait for self-driving cars to become, you know, truly ubiquitous around the globe. Like, the yeah. amount of people that die every year because of car crashes, as soon as mm -hmm. we're all self-driving cars, like, that is just going to absolutely plummet. Um, I wish my wife who works in insurance can put a finger out and, well, she's a lawyer, but she, she can sort, sort those, sort those insurance di uh, uh, issues out. 25 year old billionaire. Wow. The, yeah. you know, what next? What next? That's fantastic. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and where's the best place for people to find you 
online, Scott. How's the best way to interact with you? Great. Yeah. Thank you for the, the opportunity to sort of drop some socials. Um, you know, scottdclary.com, successstorypodcast.com, or all the social is at scottdclary. And that's done on purpose. So it's super easy. Wonderful. There we have it. Scott D. Clary is the founder of ROI Overload and host of the Success Story podcast, where he interviews sales leaders, business leaders, marketing leaders, startup founders, and entrepreneurs. He found his first customer working in consultancy by delivering some free pitch videos in a startup hub, which then developed into a pipeline of work with those businesses uh but he says must you must do really fantastic work to win that that kind of business the app that he recommends that we should be looking at and using is vemly v-e-m dot l-y which i'll definitely be checking out um the book that we should be reading that he would gift if he had only met me face to face would be play bigger not sure on the authors but there's definitely four of them so it's got to be good if it's been written by committee he loves watching and listening to Tim Ferriss, bit of an idol of uh, a lot of us entrepreneurs and podcasters out there. And we should be keeping an eye on the 25-year-old billionaire, Austin Russell, the CEO, founder of Luminar. You can follow Scott uh, by checking out his website. That's scottdclary.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-D-C-L-A-R-Y.com. And his podcast, he's got the .com, lucky guy, successstorypodcast.com. That's S-U-C-C-E-S-S. That's a triple S in the middle there. T-O-R-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. Scott, thank you ever so much for joining us today on The Jod Pod. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you for joining us today on The Jod Pod for our interview with Scott if you enjoyed this interview and want to help the podcast out, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review and maybe suggest someone that might be a great future guest like Scott on the show. It helps out the podcast and it helps out our guests and it just brings a little bit of joy and happiness into our lives. So please be inspired by Scott. Go build something and inspire the next generation. Thanks for joining us today on The Jod Pod. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own cost and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. 
costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. 
Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive, and I bet you we've all been there, and maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 